Okay, this is a story we've been following very closely all week because it appeared that we were on the cusp of yet another 2023 major winner making the jump over to live. But just as of this morning, just a couple of hours ago, we've got confirmation that that deal has, quote, fallen through. But this leaves us wondering a lot of things. First of all, what does that mean for Liv's ability to poach those big names, you know, just like they got off the back of John Rahm? What does that mean for PGA Tour and its retention? And what does this mean for John Rahm, who's trying to build a team with just a few weeks left before the season kicks off? Because Wyndham was supposed to be the big name who was headed to John Rahm's team. There is a lot for us to unpack here, oh, yeah. Mike. And there we're going to talk in a few minutes. Like We're going to talk about this first, but we're gonna also going to get into John Rahm's team and... and there's another big story on the back end of this, and mm-hmm. it has to do with some really big up-and-coming names as well, not just the established names, right, right, like we saw with Wyndham Clark. Mm-hmm. But let's kind of like kind of fall, go back a little bit and talk about like where this all started and uh, where we were, like I said, kind of patiently waiting and just kind of waiting to see how this plays out. Mm-hmm. Was there are a couple of accounts that have kind of been at the forefront of breaking a lot of the live news. Flushing it was Flushing one it of up. them. There's a couple others. And and largely what these accounts are is they're run by ex-tour players or people who are very close to the tour. So sure. they're speaking to these guys mm-hmm. directly. And we have to now give them that that credibility because, like I said, they're the ones who sp- spoke out about the, the ROM deal. Yeah, they deal nailed it on the ROM deal. Way before yeah. the rest yep. of us, right? So when we start to see that, we got to say, okay, we can't just let this run by right. as another rumor. So the rumor was that John Rahm, building out his team, was reaching for Wyndham Clark, who was the 2023 U.S. Open winner. Uh And no denying, that would have been a huge grab. Huge grab. I thought it was a lock, to be honest with you. You know, like for for a guy like Clark, whose stock was hot, you know, like this is the time to go to live for him. It certainly seemed like a lock. And we're going to talk about why we're kind of surprised that it wasn't. Right. Because of the fact that it seemed like only upside for Wyndham mm-hmm. if he was to go. But keep this one thing in mind. And, and this is, we talk about like where Liv just seems to be, at, as we, we get no updates on this merger and them coming together, it just seems like Liv is just trying to, you know, put its foot down like on the back yeah. of the PGA mm-hmm. Tour and just like pin them in a position where they have more leverage and doing that through these huge signings. If, get it's kind of crazy if you think about it on paper, if they had pulled in Wyndham Clark, and this is why this was such big news this week, they would have had three out of the four current major winners. That's wild. You got Brooks Kepka, who's PGA Championship winner, John Rahm, Masters Champion, Wyndham Clark, U.S. Open winner. So there's no denying that that would have changed things. Yeah, no, definitely it would have been huge news and, and great news for Liv. And it makes you also think the other major winner was Brian Harmon. He had a similar year than... Um, Clark, you know, they made the Ryder Cup together. His stock is hot. I'm sure he got an offer too, but his name's been silent in all this. So I'm wondering why the Clark kind of came out. Why, why did his name come up? Was he that close to going? How close was he? Right. You know? And I got to think, based on the reports, there was a lot of similar words that were used to the John Rahm deal. Mm-hmm. I look for words like deal imminent yep, was yep. being said. So it's 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 hard because it's all done in behind closed doors it's not public negotiations so it's hard to understand why it fell through but keeping that in mind like i, I gotta look to like what was the motivation for Wyndham? what was the motivation for live mm-hmm. right and to me it just makes sense that if live is going to throw some big money around 
it's going to be to go after major winners. Sure. Because smart play. And and what's their still their hugest Achilles heel is still official world golf rankings. Now, again, we could do it a whole separate note on this and, and break this down, but we're seeing Liv is creeping closer and closer to opportunities for their players right. to get official world golf rankings. We saw that in the DP World Tour. A lot of Liv guys playing towards the end of last year mm-hmm. in DP World Tour events and getting those rankings. But Take just Wyndham for an example, and he's just the current U.S. Open winner. You can definitely go back a year or two and still have this at play. So something to understand and think of, U.S. Open winner, that gives you a 10-year exemption to into the U.S. Open. So for a decade, Wyndham is in the field. And he's 30, by the way. So right. that would take him to, I don't want to call it the end of his career, but in golf, pretty close. Largely the end of his effective yep. career, mm-hmm. right? You also get a five-year exemption um, into the Masters, the Open Championship, and the PGA Championship. Which means every major till he's 35. Right. Okay. So five years worth of majors exempted. To me, I'm thinking those are the guys. Those are the low-hanging fruit to go to live because the guys who might be on the fence are your non-major winners, the guys who are wanting to still be in, that, in those majors each, each year. Right guy like this he's exempt he could just go he could play you know it's 20 events over over those five years think about it four four majors a year times yeah. five if he wins one of them it restarts the clock right <laughs> it's crazy and unless now, they change that rule which could be something else that's something that nothing i guess is guaranteed right. there's there's always the ability and they've left the door open the majors could change what they're right considering their their status to get in but I don't see, you know, it's not trending that way. It right. hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen at the height of the conflict between these two. Makes me think it's probably not going to happen yeah. necessarily now. Right. But um, it, it's just, it, it's, a, it's a very interesting thing to think, like, where, where they're setting their sights. But, like, again, why did something like this fall through? So the reason we found out and the way we found out that it had fallen through was that Wyndham Clark, uh, he announced that he was committing to the American express, Mm -hmm. you know, therefore staying on the PGA tour and the same accounts that were talking about the, uh, the deal and the potential for the deal to happen, um, came out and said that the negotiation had fallen through, but there was no expansion on it beyond that. There was no reason specifically that was said. So let's just kind of, surmise what this deal might have looked like yeah right mm-hmm. knowing the money that rom got and and rom was a, is a huge needle mover you know he's a guy who's he it's not a one and done type of major winner and i'm not trying to yeah. imply that Wyndham is a one and done kind of major winner no but, but let's but i think when you sign rom you also sign the fans of spain you know i feel like you know Wyndham is not really a big big enough name here Right. Well, internationally, no doubt. We've talked about how they're going after that international schedule. But the reality is Wyndham Clark has not had the kind of, you know, years in in previous years that that John Rahm has had. He's just not in the same position as John Rahm. That being said, still being a major winner, a current major winner, and what that could do for turning, continuing to turn the tide for Liv's favor. And you guys weigh in in the comments if you have an idea of what you think that deal might have looked like. Mm Mm-hmm. But I got to guess, and tell me if, if I'm wrong here, minimum of a $50 million signing bonus. Yeah, I'd say minimum. 50 minimum. You know? And I would put it somewhere in the, in the range of 50 to $100 million that he was probably offered. Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, but, but I mean, we don't know how these deals are structured. I mean, if it was 50, maybe it's 50 over the next like six years. 
Maybe there's like a, a thing about it. Maybe it's not all up front. And then maybe that's the reason. I'm trying to still you know, scratch my head of why he did not take this deal. Right. Well, Could he make more on the PGA Tour? That's just the thing. Could, <laughs> Could you he? have made more? But the one thing I will say is that the live money is still the only in this space guaranteed, guaranteed. money. Now, you could argue that there are some going to be PGA Tour no-cut events with big purses mm -hmm. that are effectively, in a way, guaranteed money, but there's still a variability. If you come in last place, it's nothing like first place. Yep. And you still got to qualify into those events. Live, if it's a signing bonus, it's a signing bonus. You know, the, to me, that, that, that's just the, the, the icing on top. You know that's guaranteed money, but you know being on Live, the structure of it, the team play, basically it makes everybody rich. It does. You know, it all does. the way down. We saw that. The Chase Kepka model. Chase Kepka, the joking that happened early on with Pat Perez getting so rich off of it and yep. not, you know, playing particularly well in that moment. So there's a lot with that. So it leads me to think like, okay, so why, why otherwise turn down this deal, right? And there's one other thing that's been constant mm -hmm. was the, the stigma attached, right? So of course. there was plenty of guys, um, whether you agree with them or not, who were concerned with what this would do for their career. There was guys who were worried about would this put their Hall of Fame potential in jeopardy? Mm -hmm. Would this, you know, sully their name in some way? Well, I got to say that I think that that's another thing that's been largely put on the shelf since the ROM signing genuinely across the board changed the rhetoric we were, rhetoric we were hearing from yeah. From everyone. Right. Yep. So now all of a sudden you had guys like Rory McElroy really coming out in a large way, like in maybe in defense is a stretch, but like saying words like, you know, gotta see Rom at the at the Ryder right Cup up. and and just saying like I understand and respect his decision. Mm -hmm. And then Phil Mickelson, we did a whole show about this talking about how Phil came to like kind of bat for him. Mm -hmm. So there's one thing we can say undeniably is there's, there's nowhere near the stigma that there was not too long ago. No, things just seemed like we said to calm down a little bit after Rom. Rom went. Rom was the uh, I think the final piece that I think we all needed to say okay maybe this thing is legit and maybe these two t these two sides will come together. They're still talking. That deal has not re been reached yet, so that's still hanging over one's head. Maybe that's the reason why Wyndham turned this down, but. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I think I think there's there's a lot of backing behind Live right now, and clearly, man, this thing is only getting stronger and stronger. And I think these guys see it right. But that being said, there is a way you can read this as as being a pretty significant loss on the Live side as well. Mm -hmm. You know, Live is getting stronger. Uh, Live, you know, we're, we're seeing it, like I said, in the news, in the way we saw recently with Phil Mickelson talking about some of their revenue model changes. Yep. We talked about, we, we heard for the first time on the Pat McAfee show, which we hadn't really heard elsewhere, that Live is now getting paid uh, by the the travel bureaus of some of these countries that want to bring it in and bring in tourism. Yeah. So there's that. But there is the side of it where we're now looking at John Rahm's coming closer and closer to that first event at Mayakoba and where he could have, this could have been a huge marquee signing. And for whatever reason, it did not happen. Yeah. It fell through. So it to me means that just having a blank checkbook is not enough on Liv's side and right. they've got to do something else. And now maybe it's that these guys have, have a little bit of a grievance with the structure. 
Um, we just saw, and again this week, it just kind of hit the news with with uh, John Rom mm-hmm. is potentially getting his way in some ways. In that John Rom wanted to see a bigger field, and we're seeing that possible expansion this this time, you know, this week. Yeah. Um, John also though wanted a fourth round putting put in. Haven't seen him move the needle on that just yet. Right. So maybe there could be a certain degree of that. That was potentially the gripe of um, on the on the side of Wyndham Clark. But to me, I think one of the biggest thing that you got to look into, and I think this is part of what weighs into that, and, and we kind of hinted at this in a previous episode, we kind of guessed that this is where it was going. Mm-hmm. As part of, if, if I'm a current major winner, I've got a huge live offer on my desk, I got, I'm a current PGA Tour member, and I'm exempt into the, you know, I'm, I've got punched my ticket into the signature events, and I'm looking at both, and I'm like, where do I go? Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a lot of guaranteed money on, on the side of, of live, but the reality is, there's a lot of money everywhere right exactly. now. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I'm looking at this mm-hmm. PGA Tour schedule. Over the next, what is it, two, two and a half months, yeah. you have almost five events, right. all with a purse of, of $20 million or more. The reality is there's probably never been a better time to be a top 25 player than no right doubt. now because the reality is no matter where you are, you're making generational wealth. Yeah, no doubt. There's no doubt about it. There's a lot of money flying around, and I was I was so blown away by the uh, where, where'd Wyndham finish? Uh, he finished T29 at the Century and made 140 grand. I mean, some of these like non-cut events, these these private events in Hawaii, these guaranteed money events with no cut. There's a lot of money to be made on the tour, and there he is. wins once in a regular elevate. Well, I shouldn't call it a regular in an elevated event, a designated event. Right. It's a ton of money. And you know, this was done in response to live. Like we saw the purses jump up from the biggest purses being 9 million to 20 million seemingly overnight. Yeah. And this was why it was done. It was done to level the playing field. It was done where there wasn't as big of a disparity where a guy like, and again, we're, we're guessing at this $50 million number, mm-hmm. a guy like Wyndham might be saying, okay, I got, I make 50 here. And it was no longer like this huge tipping of the scales or 50 million or maybe two or 3 million over here. Right. It's more like getting closer uh-huh. now with the PGA Tour. And if you really want to dig deeper into that, if you start to think about what sponsors might you lose by going to live. And I'm not even talking about for the stigma anymore. Now, as live moves to a new model yeah, where they're going to have team apparel sponsors and things like that, who knows? What do those sponsor deals look like? And what is the negotiation going behind the scenes? Like, you may lose this here. All I'm saying is it's starting to look a little bit more like this for these guys who are top tier, top echelon guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're now making money no matter where they go. I know. Right? They're making that money. I know. And, and again, he's a, his exemptions from that major win guarantee that he'll be in the opportunity to make that money. So, I mean, they're going to ask him, I'm sure, this week at the American Express. I'm sure there's someone in that press room who's going to say, we heard you were taking a deal. Why didn't you take it? He's got to answer it. There's, there's so no doubt. So we're going to hear his reason. But I worry that what you're going to get from that reasoning is some sort of just yeah, a very blank statement. Very agent written statement. Right. The reality is, and I think if, if any of these guys were to speak bluntly, it might be something more to the effect of, you know, you now look at both schedules. The live schedule, although it's not as commitment of number events, you, you have to be there. We talked. Phil Mickelson talked about the policy of saying for sponsors and for and for fans, they're guaranteeing that guys are going to be there. Yeah. You're traveling all over the world. Yeah. That is a very global mm-hmm. league. On the PGA Tour side, you may look at it and say there's certain events that suit me, and I know I can play well there. I know I can win there. Right. You may want to stick around for that. Um, 
But it, the concern that will continue to come back to for me, and then this is something that we've talked about here, and I'm going to beat this drum until, you know, somebody like kind of like, whether something happens one way or the other, my concern is we are now reaching this point where the arms race of money between these two tours ha is going to create some very, very, very rich golfers. Yes. That's true. If but you can, what yes. does it do for the long-term exactly. sustainability of the, of the game? Right. We just saw it last week. The uh, Wells Fargo and Farmers Insurance both dropping out as, as sponsors because we're getting to a point where there's only a, like, a very select few amount of companies that are going to be able to pay that big elevated signature event purse. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, just to think about where this is all going to go. I mean, obviously, like I said before, once this deal gets like announced, I think we're going to have more clarity. But I mean, even these these PGA Tour events, my biggest gripe with them is, you know, there's still cuts. They're still not guaranteed money. Yes, there's 25, 20, whatever it is, million on the line. But if I'm like Joe Schmo and I can barely make cuts, it's it's hard, man. Yes. It's Joe hard Schmoes, to make a I, living. I, I totally get that. The guys but who are fighting on that cut line. But then I'm, I'm, I'm more concerned. So I guess where I'm going with that is I'm concerned about what's the future for those guys? Are they ever going to have a chance? Or yeah. is like the farm system of golf like dying? You're, uh, there's no denying that we could see like a kind of like a, a separation there. And, and we even saw like some gripes recently, the guys talking about like not getting into the signature events and that's where the money is. And, and Justin Thomas kind of saying like, well, play better. You yeah. know, it's like, it's really going, what we're really doing is we're taking like the pool of guys who are making the money. It seems to be getting a little bit right. smaller and smaller. Yeah. Um, but again, I just worry about where that money is going to come from to support that. And I think that's really, honestly, one of the biggest things that's holding up this whole deal from happening is that now we're, as, as this arms race continued of money, the tour, mm -hmm. the PG tour, you know, live, obviously, you know, they've got that back in the PIF, which seems like an unlimited supply of money, but on the PGA tour side, the pressure is on to make that deal with those key core investors. And that's where they're looking to, you know, this Boston sports group and others, yeah, right? Because they're going to rely on them because you're going to run out of sponsors. Like the old model of having a, uh, an event sponsor who can put up that purse is just dropping off yeah, so quickly. So the other big thing though, that we have to dig into though, is like, okay, so on the live side, where does this leave, Everything with John Rahm and his team. Does he even have a team with a few weeks to go? So <laughs> same type of sources are reporting who might go. But I think there's one really big indication in there that could really show, like you talked about, these up-and-coming golfers. They're, in a lot of ways, the future of golf. We know who the big names are right now. Right. But where's the future? Yeah. And where's the future going to play? Exactly. And I think... This John Rom, this other John Rom sign that we have to talk about is going to be one of those things that's going to indicate that, and it, it it goes into a much bigger picture of the the way sports has been going in general with the amount of money floating around. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to do a word from our sponsors. Then we're going to come back. We got to talk about that team because it's so important. Big thanks to Footjoy. Um, you know we've been using Footjoy, been wearing Footjoy for years now, and they they're always innovating. They're coming out with with apparel that works in all different elements. And we've been talking about Thermo Series for the cold, but we can't skip over their Hydro Series for the rain and the wet. Mm -hmm. I mean, they thought of everything. And the Hydro Series line of rain jackets, they're designed to protect players and everything from light mists to those torrential downpours. And they have this Dry Joys waterproof technology. In fact, I have one right here. If you're watching the show, you'll see it. I love these jackets. I just 
just pulled this out of the box today. I mean, this is the thinnest thing ever. I mean, Frank, feel this material. It's incredible. Well, I know, because one of these lives in my golf bag. Exactly. And in Myrtle Beach, I pulled it out plenty of times. I know, the green one, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. it just It basically just, this is the size it like folds up to, and you could take it off, and you can kind of you know layer up, layer down accordingly. And it's the ultimate protection. No matter the condition you're in or where you live, check out the Hydro Series, because I don't care where you live. It's going to rain somewhere. It's going to be wet somewhere, and you're going to wish you had this in your bag. So go check out the whole lineup at Foot and guys you've heard us speak about it before but like i had just this past summer i got the opportunity to get fit for the new titleist t-series irons and it's just been it, it's been a real i mean we throw this word around but it's the truth it's been a game changer mm -hmm. for me especially being able to blend that set just whether you go with the t100s the t150s t200s t300s the good news is they, they all just kind of work together. Yeah. You know, and they look, they're the similar look. It's, you know, it's not like being able to like, we have two different types of clubs in your hand and why that matters is especially in my case, when I was going through it was just being able to dial in those different distances. You know, I, I really lean on my T one fifties for that. All those eight iron shots, those nine iron shots, those, those really like where I want to throw a dart into yeah. a green. Mm -hmm. And then where I needed a little bit more ball speed, the seven iron and up, I was able to get into those T two hundreds. It just jumps off the face. It's forgiving. Mm -hmm. So I think there's there's a, a, a lot that can be done there, but more importantly, it's just understanding what a good fitting can do for you because you'll be able to go through that bag, find those kind of weaknesses in your game, and really, like I said, lean on the clubs to kind of do that heavy lifting for you. And the T-Series, they've got that enhanced feel, that improved turf interaction, which is something you've got to feel mm -hmm. to really understand. But really what it ends up with is just a more consistent strikes, I'm finding, through the bag. So go to Titleist.com. Check out that new T-Series, you know, browse through them, see what the different options are, but then go into a fitting with an open mind yeah. and just hit them. Hit them, try them, because like I said, it's no one fit for anybody, but the, where really the rubber meets the road is the ability to blend these sets together and really find the right thing for your game. So visit Titleist.com, check them out, and make sure, you know, do yourself a favor and schedule yourself a fitting this summer. Okay, so getting right into it, talking about John Rahm's team, the other big signing that's being talked about now, and, and this is, again, coming from a lot of those same types of sources. So is there a possibility it won't happen? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But we look at these things and we kind of look at indications for how viable they are. And this one looks like it's, it's, it's very possible. So um, for John Rahm's team, uh, Caleb Surratt, right? What's interesting about him is that he is – the first guy, I think, since Justin Thomas to win uh, the SEC championship as a freshman. Mm -hmm. Now, he's, he's a kid. He's yeah, a young he's guy. 19, right? 19 yeah. years old. Played in the 2023 Walker Cup. Um, freshman University of Tennessee. But perhaps most importantly, he's the 10th ranked amateur in the world right now. And it's looking like he's going to be the next person announced on John Rahm's team. Wouldn't you at that age? In a lot of ways, yes. <laughs> I mean, come on. And I think this is something that that's so, although the name may not be a name you're familiar with, of course. although it may not be a, a household name. But no and, one was in the beginning, right? Correct. Yeah. And he's certainly not the publicity draw that Wyndham Clark would have been. Mm -hmm. But if you listen to the words that coming out of the mouths of the guys from Live, you start to make more and more sense why you'd see something like this. Yeah. Again, I got to go back to, because the first real time we've seen him speak candidly uh, in long form in quite a while was Phil Mickelson, Pat McAfee show. He talked about 
a lot of these teams are are thinking themselves long, especially the team owners, mm-hmm. right? So remember, John Rahm, part of his deal is his team ownership. Yeah. The value of his deal goes up as the value of his team goes up. Sure. As an owner, it makes sense for him to bring in and develop players they see with a lot of potential. Phil Mickelson talked about where at least his team, and he didn't want to speak for other teams, but he said, like, this is kind of the model. They're going to be developing their own training facilities. No different than you see, like, in the NFL, where the Jets have their training facilities, right. the Giants have their training, right? Having that training facilities where they can come in and develop players because they also, the, the player benefits, but they also benefit because, remember, it's a team environment, right. team winnings, things like mm-hmm. that. To have a guy like Caleb come in, see the potential in him, and think I can develop this guy and even possibly in you know, a John Rom or, an, or a guy who's John Rom's not old, but in an older case, mm-hmm. I'm 10 years, I'm out of the league, but I'm still an owner, right? This guy hits his prime. I'm making money off of him. Exactly. Type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I guess where the debate then leads is it's something like Taylor's oldest time was should generally across all sports. Should you stay in college or should you make the jump? Right. Right. 19 years old. One year of college, leaves college and goes and plays, you know, on, on live and then on, on live tour. I would imagine he's not getting a huge signing bonus. He may be getting something. Maybe. I would imagine still pulling names. The guys who don't just qualify in to live from that mm-hmm. qualifying event, you know, they might be, they may throw quarter million dollars yeah, at him. Something to, you know, something to get him started. Mm-hmm. But, which is a lot more than PGA tour rookies. Right. <laughs> and it, it still comes down to, Live money, even if it's not a, li- a signing bonus, it's in a lot of ways all but guaranteed. So what I mean yep. by that is, again, go back, look at Chase Kepka, um, look at James Pyatt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? These are guys who made themselves 10 to $25 million in a season or two in the team environment where when the team wins, you take home something. Right. And... If I'm, in a lot of ways, like if I put myself in the shoes, if I'm Caleb's parents and helping him guide him through this decision, I got to say that I would, I think, and I, I'm not in that situation, so I'm not 100% sure, but I think my decision would be to push him towards going pro, going into live. Yeah, I mean, it's the golden egg. It's the golden goose. It's what all golfers want. They want to play pro tour and make money. Right. So this carrot's being dangled in front of you, which seems like an easy grab at 19 years old. Right. You know, I mean, think about all these guys who come out of college and they're grinding and they're still paying tournament fees and they're on the road and they're missing cuts. It's a tough life. Yeah. If this carrot's dangling in front of you, I mean, I don't see why you would turn that down. And look, to a certain extent- To play with John Rahm. with, with, With sports in general being so- unpredictable as they are mm-hmm. anybody could get injured end a career yeah things like that can right. happen to me i'm kind of the indication if money is there in your face like take the money especially for a kid like this mm-hmm. take the money and then you could always go back to college in the yeah. future if you want to finish your degree you can do those types can of things learn while you're playing live right you, you know you can you, there's a lot of online you courses <laughs> <laughs> no but you get what i'm saying like right. you, you if you if he takes whereas we made the argument earlier in the show mm. of how for the top tier guys who are getting the big offers who are also in the signature events yeah. and all that stuff the playing field is getting more and more level mm-hmm. it's the opposite is true with the brand new guys like there's a top 10 amateur where if he, the live opportunity is there the scales are still tipped in the live side mm. because even if he was to make his way onto the pga tour there's a 
as we know, there's a lot of competition there. There's a lot of grind. A lot of the guys who are, who are in a similar position and amateur status who are trying to make it. And beyond that, now you're fighting with all the tour guys to make it your way into the signature events where the big money is. Yeah. So a guy like Caleb might make his way on. He might play in some non-signature events here and there, maybe win a million bucks here or there. Yeah. He could go to live. He could make a million dollars in a weekend and not even necessarily play well. His team just wins. Exactly. And what better opportunity you have to win than playing on John Rom's team? I know. I mean, it, 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 all the pieces are there for success. Right. So that's why it, it seems like a no-brainer for this kid and and for other kids, you know, of his, um, you know, position. Yeah. I think we're going to see more and more of. I mean, it's part of their business model. I'm sure. Live. Go after the and major winners. Go after upper coming college top amateurs. It yeah. seems like. That should, that's like the plan of live right now. If I'm looking from the outside, looking in, it might be, there's two places go after the top tier guys shot in the dark. If, if they, if you know, yeah. offer them a big paycheck, the lightning in the, the bottle guys. Right. Yep. And you get them and then there it's a huge conversation point. It's publicity. It's pressure on the PGA tour. You get one of those guys or vice versa on the other the side where you get, them. you don't have to spend necessarily as much money up front, but you take again, lightning in a bottle. Maybe one of these guys is the next whoever, right? You know, maybe Caleb is the next Justin Thomas, and he's playing on your tour, mm-hmm. right? And but you can have he ever become develop. that? That's a great question. But but can yeah, like that's great. But no one's going to become the next anybody at Live. That like that's what people are probably saying. Like yeah, go ahead, take the money, but you're never going to become the next Rory McIlroy because no one's going to know about you. No one's going to be able to watch you. I mean, it depends. Like <laughs> he wins fifty million, Caleb Surratt on Live this year. Where, yes, I get what you're saying, but like, as Live grows, it's you know in you know it's fan base and whatever, and it enters that conversation. And we talked about before, like being more and more validated yeah. by voices like Rory. If a person was over there and they were just winning like crazy, you know, all of a sudden, hey, who's this? You know, look, think about Taylor. I think Gooch. about Taylor Gooch, but still. Still, I mean, he's still not top of the world, biggest name. I, I, I he won 40-something million. Listen, he's having a great life. I can't disagree with but, you. There was yeah. going to be that conversation. If a guy's winning like crazy over there, it's still not necessarily going to be like the next whoever on the PGA Tour. In a lot of ways, a lot of people will say that. But like Phil Mickelson said in his, in his uh, go back to his interview again, he said, don't forget, we're a startup. We still have a long yeah. way to go. Who knows what the visibility of live might be and the – quote unquote credibility of live might be in right. two to three years where I can say though, the counterpoint, there's always a counterpoint to everything. And the counterpoint here is a guy like a guy like Caleb goes into live and is not making official world golf rankings and is not getting into major fields yeah. and is therefore not winning majors. Mm hmm there it becomes a tougher conversation to a guy like, again, we're just using this loose comparison, Justin Thomas, who's win, has won a major. You know right. what I mean? There, it, it, you you got a, a certain extent, like if you are a guy like Caleb and you take that guaranteed money. You better play well. You better play well <laughs> over there and you better kind of, at least in your mind, reserve the uh, the possibility that you're not playing in majors. Yes, or, or anywhere else. Right. Yeah. Now, so, so there's certain guys like that that are taking mm-hmm. a, more significant gamble that the tours are going to come together in some way. Because mm-hmm. I think the, the winning scenario for somebody like Caleb would be he gets on John Rahm's team, makes himself some good money over two, three years. He's got his foot in the door. The, the tours merge, and now he's just playing professionally on whatever that new circuit is. Right. But yeah. 
without that, there is something still to consider. Yeah, there really is. So, uh, look, as we always say, weigh in in the comments. Let us know what you think. If you were in this position, where where would you go or where would you advise if it was your kid who was on 19 years old and kind of torn between the two? What's the upside in either direction? No matter what, it's an interesting conversation. It's a dynamic that feels like it's changing constantly. Yeah. So we'll be here to continue covering it, you know, constantly. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Uh, this was certainly some big news. This is certainly a big one to kind of digest. So let us know what you think in the comments and we'll see you in the next show.